Las Vegas starts now. Yes, it does. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome from Las Vegas, Nevada, that groovy little podcast that gives you a true first-person look into what it's like to call Sin City your home, the living in Las Vegas podcast. And now your host, a man who clearly needs some kind of introduction, otherwise you wouldn't know who he was. Sing about this, Scotty. Mr. Scott Whitney. Hey, welcome everybody to the Living in Las Vegas podcast here on the Vegas Video Network. Look who's here. I've got Scotty Pritchard. Scott is a old friend. He's been hanging out at the Vegas Video Network for years, and I'll explain to you why he's here in a moment. But first... Congratulations, because you're watching or listening to the longest-running podcast about Vegas that actually originates from Vegas, which means that regardless of whether you're a tourist or a local, this show here is like your own secret handshake to all things cool and groovy. Now, our live show is on the first and third Tuesday of every month at 7 o'clock Pacific Time, p.m. at VegasVideoNetwork.com forward slash live. Again, VegasVideoNetwork.com forward slash live. Come on over. Be a part of the fun. Be in the show. Get in the live chat. We've got people in the live chat who have been in the live chat, no kidding, for three years, they've been watching this thing. God bless their little hearts. People who come up an hour before. It's a community. They touch each other. They look at, and they're good looking as well. Wait, that's not right. Hold on, let me turn that. <laughs> I don't want that. I want this. There they are. Live chatters and Faze and Sam and Pops and Guys and Indy, all kinds of groovy people hanging out. So get in. And here's the other cool thing about being in the live chat behind the scenes. Everybody wants to know how stuff works. So we start the show at 7-ish, but we start streaming here about 15 minutes before, so you can see us setting up, kind of putting the sausage together, but wait a minute, there's more. Once the show ends, about 8-ish, we keep going, probably about a half hour or so. It's VVN 2.0. It's Vegas Video Network After Dark. That's the part where we talk about things, we answer questions that we definitely wanted to share with you, but we simply didn't want to have on the record. Okay. Hey, I'm your host, Scott Whitney. Konnichiwa. Buenas noches. How you doing, hot stuff? I'm the founder of the Vegas Video Network, so on behalf of all the shows, thanks. And... On behalf of this groovy little podcast, thanks for playing along as well. Okay, what are we going to be doing today? Pretty excited about this. All right, so many of you will remember at the end of last year, I did a, uh, a video, uh, an episode, that talked a little bit about our intent moving forward. And what I mean by that is I said, listen, all the shows that we're going to do in 2019 are going to be predicated on ideas from you, the viewer. So the more ideas you have, the more shows that we're going to do. Well, we got a really cool idea. And it was from... Glenn Santa. Now, Glenn is a friend of mine. He became a friend because of the podcast. Uh, he and his wife, Kelly, and Melissa and myself have gone out to dinners and drinks. Hell, we spent together, or spent a time together on a New Year's about three years ago. He's a great guy. Syracuse, New York. And Glenn writes, Hello, Scott. I have always wanted to know about timeshares, the pros and cons of buying these timeshare things in Las Vegas. As you know, I'm a frequent visitor to Las Vegas, and I've always wondered if it makes sense for me. Now, rather, to go, rather than going to one of those one-sided, high-pressure sales things, I'd rather hear the info from someone on the other side of things that I can trust. Dear Glenn. Okay. This, my friends, is Scott Pritchard. Oh, there it is, the applause. It's good to see you again, my friend. You're looking good. I'm feeling good. You... It's been a long time. It has been a long time. I have the utmost respect for you, the network. We're going to end that right now. And I tell you that uh, the thing I remember most about you, you're always entertaining, Uh. but oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes I learn. Oh, well, we're going to put an end to that as well. So here's the thing. I I get this email from Glenn, and I'm like, timeshare? Timeshare? Wait a minute. I know some people in timeshare. Now, my next-door neighbor actually is a timeshare guy, really good timeshare guy. Um, but guess what? Scott, 
He used to be a timeshare. Now he's used to. I actually thought he was still a timeshare. He comes in today, super rested, super comfortable. Hey, Scott, how's it going? Pretty good. You know, I haven't been in the timeshare business since June of last year. The fuck? Okay. Well, I used to be in timeshare, and also I used to be very thin, but you wouldn't have me on to talk about nutrition, right? (laughs) But uh, there was a time where you were one of the best at that business. Is that true? I was fortunate. You know, I surrounded myself with like-minded people that were very, very good with the emotional sale. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's what sales is. I actually went to a speaking seminar a few short years ago, and Wayne Allen Root was the speaker. Uh And he said, if you proactively want to change your life, you must perfect the skill of sales. (laughs) And I'm thinking, what is the toughest sale? Yeah. It has to be timeshare. Mm. I mean, you go to a Mercedes dealership, you're going to buy a car. You're looking for a car. Yeah. You go to buy a house with a realtor, you're going to walk away with your home. But timeshare, it's going to be tough. It's the Harvard of selling, my friend. I don't disagree. So I've got a bunch of questions I want you to ask. I'm not going to try to catch you on anything. We just want to know how shit works. Cool. First thing, just a definition. What is a timeshare? Timeshare is basically talking about, I mean, if, you're, if you go on vacation, as an example, oftentimes, if you stay at the Mirage tonight, right. on average, it's going to be about $200. Yes. You're going to be, but what do you get? You get a toilet and a bed. That's nice. You don't own it. You don't use it, will it, gift it, sell it, run it. You don't have anything. Now, from a timeshare standpoint, the last thing we ever would promote, legally, you can sell it, but that's the last thing you promote because... You can resell them for pennies on the dollar on the secondary market, if you will, but you're stripped of a lot of the features and benefits. So basically, um, I know with one of the companies, I worked for a couple of heavy hitters, uh, Wyndham Vacation Ownership and, and then Diamond and Resorts. As well as Diamond Resorts International. What's great about Timeshare, there are a lot of myths, a lot of false myths, but the fact is you have to be licensed to sell Timeshare. You have to have a Timeshare license and strict bound by a strict code of rules and regulations, policies, and right. procedures. So the, the, the whole point is... So the question is, what is a timeshare? A timeshare is where you are basically buying a unit yep. that will... It's a vacation home on wheels that will fly you all over the world. And, and we're going to get to that in a minute. So basically, I am buying the right to have access to a property for instance, in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. that I can visit once a year? Is that typically how a timeshare works? Well, it's, a, it's based on freedom and flexibility. Not only Las Vegas, but Hawaii, Amsterdam. We'll get to that in a minute. It's worldwide. Okay, because what you're basically talking about is the exchange capabilities. Yes. Right? And I think we're going to talk about that in a second. Right. So how many different timeshares are in Las Vegas right now? Well, the major players, um, based on how many owners that you have in timeshare, Diamond Resorts International. And what do they own? Well, what property own, do they manage in Las Vegas? You have Polo Towers. Polo Towers on the Strip. You have Cancun, which is on the on south, the south side of the strip. strip. And then uh, there's a place right across from the Orleans. Again, I've okay. been out of the loop been a while. of the game. Exactly right. So those are the three major properties that they own For Diamond. in Las Vegas. And what but about? I just, I just got back from Cabo Azul, Mexico. Right. It's a $240 million resort that... As a diamond owner, that a diamond? access to. And uh, you, you said Marriott is here. Is that right? Yes, yes. So all Marriott properties are also then timeshare capable? I can't speak for Marriott because I never worked for them. Okay. But yeah, I would assume so. And how about Wyndham? Same thing. And wh- where is a Wyndham property? Well, Wyndham, you have Desert Blue, which is right across from the Rio off of Flamingo. Yep. Fairly new. Yep. Very high-end resort. Yeah, right across from that... Uh, What's that winter wonderland thing that they built? I think it's yeah. right there. Big okay. tall building. Okay. Is that the only Wyndham one they have? No, they have a few here in Las Vegas. They're in bed with Harris as well. And then oh, they are. Grand Desert, which is adjacent to Alexis Park. Okay. Now, which is on Harmon Avenue. So talk about the upfront cost. And I realize that they're gonna, it's going to vary. But give me a general idea of what the upfront cost is and what it represents. Why am I putting up an upfront cost in the first well, place? Well, it has to do with the fact that, first and foremost, if you don't travel, if you don't take vacations, you don't need vacation ownership. That's right. But if you are traveling and you are taking vacations, I mean, do you own your house or do you rent your house? You can either rent your vacations or you can flat out own it, meaning that you, 
as far as the upfront cost, it really is predicated on do you travel one week a year or do you travel two months out of the year? So you can do various visits. I always thought it was one or two weeks no, a year. That's old time. <clears throat> Timeshare, initially it was one unit, the same unit, the same one location as opposed to a myriad of right. places. So I may give you an example. My grandpa Roscoe on the farm in Iowa had a cabin in the woods. It was great near the Mississippi River. That's one location. Right. I travel the world, but I haven't been back in Iowa, my friend, for right. the past six years. They won't let you back, I believe. Well, I, I haven't been asked back. <laughs> it has to do with your, your idea of marriage, I'm thinking. <laughs> well, my, I stand firm. I, I'm very transparent. I say what I mean. I mean what I say. And okay. Again, so get me started. The upfront, please <laughs> don't. You guys should have, you should have been here for the pre-show. Holy crap. Um, uh, we're not going to be going to Scotty's wedding anytime soon. <laughs> I feel very confident of that. Uh, okay, wait. So the upfront cost, give me an idea of what, you I mean, give me a ballpark. Based on when I was involved, and yeah. again, I'm out of the business. You've been out since June yes. of last year. Yes, exactly. Thanks I, for keeping that, by the way, and letting me know what's going on. Fortunate to, well, thanks for not asking, but I'm How many thinking. times do I have to ask? I beg you all the time <laughs> just to say hello. I, mean. Fifth, I was fortunate at the age of 53 to retire 17. No one likes to brag it. Well, I'm, I'm saying, well, I was going <laughs> to give you a compliment, but mm. disregard. Okay, so again, no. anywhere from... 10 to 12 to 14,000 to get dialed in and to quote unquote be an owner, yep. but it's predicated on points. And depending upon when you go, you have X number of points. Obviously, it's going to cost more for a week in Hawaii during whale watching season, yeah. January, February, and March, as opposed to going to Puerto Rico during hurricane season. So, this points thing if I buy a timeshare, let's say at Polo Towers. Um, is that considered a high point place? Again, on New Year's Eve, absolutely. Ah, In so July, it's, when it's 140, not so much. Oh, so the points aren't just a fixed number for the property. It's also predicated on the date. Absolutely. Um, like anything else, my friends, supply and demand. So I, I You're thought going to pay more during whale watching season in Hawaii. You're going to pay more New Year's Eve in Las Vegas when you have 300,000 partiers oh. and you're in the heart of the strip. Okay. And you want to book a few months out as opposed to uh, getting shut out. And so, because I always thought there was a star rating, one to five star for different properties. And that was it. It's a five-star property. You can exchange no with another five-star property. Not the case. And that's not the case. No. So yet there is a, there is, but there's a, there's a baseline, I would assume, for different properties. Is that not true? Or? Uh, generally speaking, and again, I'm going on memory, maybe a one-bedroom on average uh, for one company would be like 6,500 points. Mm -hmm. But again, it's going to be less. I mean, you could get a week for th as low as 3,000 points based on non-peak time or if they and can i carry those how many like, do i can i carry those points over so if can. i have a ten thousand point place point. and I, I use up three thousand points either at my place or somewhere else do i have an additional seven thousand points that i can use elsewhere you can actually roll them over okay and you can actually as long as i'm, I'm going on memory um, thanks for putting me on the spot but i know you You're can welcome. actually prepay as long as you prepay your maintenance fees up to 75 percent, you can actually borrow against future points like if you have an around the world trip one year and you don't want to travel any other time you can bank forward oh okay which is pretty cool a life so the idea is you can roll over your points as well if you only travel one week and next year you want to travel three or four weeks okay you got a live chat question do they ever oversell assuming clients will only use the property infrequently that's a good question and i don't know i'm not in booking and i'm not in marketing okay we're gonna have to let you go then. <laughs> okay, well, this has been nice. Super great time. Good night, everybody. That's You've been time. fantastic. Try the veal. Try the veal. Okay, uh, so you, you, you kind of touched on this, but you're saying that this is right for people who are frequent travelers. Um, once a year, twice a year, when does it really start to be of value to them? Again, very subjective. Each and every person, their specific travel needs are different. If, again, if you don't travel, you don't need vacation ownership. But if you travel on average one week a year, it would just make sense. I, I give you an example. I, again, you're talking to someone who travels and right. travels a lot. Yep. But if you stay at the Mirage on the Strip, you're talking about a toilet and a bed. When my girlfriend and I just got back from Cabo, Azul, a $240 million resort in Cabo San Jose, um, Mexico, yep. you're talking about private balcony, you're talking about a kitchenette, which was great for breakfast. I know she was thinking, are you serious? You want me to make eggs? On I said, absolutely. You're this never is getting we're married. We're bonding here. Yes, this no. is, I need to know that you can cook. Take a good look at this man. This is the face of somebody who will never get married again.
take a look. He, I, he'll be the first to say it. But that's it. Okay. Now wait a minute. I can I can rent. I can uh, the place that we were at in Cabo a couple of weeks ago. It had a kitchenette. I had that. And what do you have to show for that again? You don't own anything. You can't use. Well, it so let's talk about it. the ownership part. But first, okay. So you said there's a there's an initial payment. Well, let's talk about why people buy timeshare. Yeah. A lot of times, I mean, as an example, a lot, a lot of people like leaving their legacy to where their family and friends, they bought a vacation ownership and they own Diamond Resorts International or Wyndham or Marriott or right. whatever it might. And it's passed down from generation to generation to generation. As an example, my grandpa Roscoe, born in 1908, passed in 1977. It's a hundred and... 11, 12 years later, I'm still talking about him. His legacy was that cabin in the woods near uh-huh. the Mississippi River. Right. But again, I don't want to go to Iowa. Right. It stands for I owe the world an apology. <laughs> but my dad used but to tell me it stands for something else. Idiot out wandering around. <laughs> he didn't have a sense of humor. You're, uh, He's you're, like you. Your uncle Roscoe probably didn't care much for you either. Not to mention my grandpa Roscoe. Oh, or yeah. grandpa. I'm not really paying attention to what you're saying. I'm I so, so broken hearted about the whole marriage thing. It really kind of breaks my heart. Uh, okay, so I, I pay this down payment thing and that gets me into the deal. Right. Right. So now I, I pay my 10,000 or 15 or whatever that number is. Here's my 15 grand. And is that a one-time payment? Boom. It's a one-time payment and then for future reference, you have maintenance fees. And as an example, yeah. and you can be billed monthly or you prepay those one year in advance. And let's just say, hypothetically, maybe your HOA maintenance fees, let's just say for easy figuring that there may be $2,400 a year, that's $200 a month. Right. But if you really break it down into how much travel time that you have and how many points that you have, it's like anything else. And you know, like you, I'm a value guy. So you wanna get the biggest bang for the buck. And it's based on freedom and flexibility in regards to your point, you want to, I'm not going to, I try, I, I like to do things when no one else is doing it mm-hmm. and just being diligent, doing your, um, just being smart, staying on top of it. Yep. Okay. So I'm paying these annual fees, maintenance fees, a couple hundred bucks a month or what, whatever the number is. Um, if I want to, can I rent this property out to somebody else? Legally, yes, but never, ever, ever, ever would I promote the fact that you can sell this. And I don't want anyone to I didn't buy. say sell yet. I just said rent it. Oh. So, for example, my friend, I, I, I can't make it. I'm busy. Super powerful. Again, based because you own it, you can do whatever the heck you want. But I would always tell my pr- prospective owners, I don't want you to do this if you're going to rent it out. Or if I want you to enjoy the product. If you don't have a need, then don't do this. Why do you say that, though? Why can't I use it as a rental thing? You absolutely can, and people do. But it's not something I'm going to proactively promote. Legally, you can. But it's not the reason you should be. What most companies don't want, they don't want you to go into business for yourself Mm -hmm. and to make a great deal on a timeshare and then rent the thing out. Yeah. So there is a kind of, it's a spirit of the rule or a spirit of the law, if you will. It's kind of like in the NBA and basketball. There's a three-second rule. Well, a lot of big guys anchor there for three, four, five, six seconds, but it's rarely called. Right. Or if you're going to abuse it, then you have an issue. But you don't want to, I would never promote renting it or selling it. You own timeshare to take more vacation. But you say it's an own thing. So I could rent it. You're saying it's possible. You could. Legally, you can, but I don't promote it. And you say that sell it. If it's, I own it, I can sell it. Now, you'd mentioned something kind of in passing at the beginning where you said, you could sell it, but you're probably going to get pennies on the dollar. I say that because, again, you don't buy timeshare to sell it. You don't. But let's buy say it. I buy it without the intent of selling it, but and five years, ten years later, I'm like, fuck, I don't need this anymore. You can work with a licensed real estate agent, licensed real estate broker, interested third party. But the concern is if you're like a VIP with X number of points, you're, you don't get the – only original owners have the VIP benefits. So there are a lot of um, – legality clauses it's not i don't think it's advantageous to buy on the secondary so if i if i were to buy a timeshare from somebody else who wanted to not have it anymore are you saying that the any advantages that they had at with the ownership don't transfer to me that's exactly right yeah but i when i bought it i bought it to have those capabilities so i don't i can't use that the original owner and again bound by a strict code of law and ethics, real estate law, my friend, to be licensed, it's in it's in every contract that they proactively do not want you to rent it. They do not want you to sell it. Uh, legally, you can, but 
you're on your own in that case. So, so Ozzy Deb has a question. She says, so $2,400 a year, which is the $200 a month maintenance thing. How is that worth it if you only travel as little as one week a year? Well, if you only travel one week a year, your maintenance fees would be considerably less. Everything's relative. Obviously, oh. the more points that you own, it's a fair question. It's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah, very good. And the more points you have, the higher your fees. But again, if you... If you're traveling just say two weeks a year yeah. and you don't own vacation ownership and let's say you're paying two hundred dollars a night times fourteen nights on average that's twenty eight hundred dollars right you take that times a ten year window that's twenty eight thousand dollars plus three to five percent inflation now you're up to about thirty five thousand dollars and you don't own anything mm. nothing except a toilet and a bed Right. It's a 100% so, financial loss. So the owner thing, I mean, I, I get what you're saying there, I guess. I guess the real owner thing has to do more because I can't transfer ownership. So there's no real value for me using that as a tool to somebody Again, else. Again, you're thinking, you're like me. I get that. You're thinking in terms of you don't buy timeshare to make money or to invest and sell it down the road. You just don't. You do it because you get the five-star amenities. I mean, there's a world of difference. I mean, I've traveled consistently. So are you a timeshare owner? It's a... Uh, I am not, but the reason is because as a timeshare worker, I automatically receive the discounts, number one. Number two, I'm not an owner because with my contacts, I have a number of platinum owners and I... You get it for free. Or you, well, you, I don't, you get I, it. I don't, I don't get it for free. I mean, I just went to Cabo Azul right. and I paid very little. I paid cash because my buddy right. is running it out. Got it. But again, I don't promote ever renting it out. You don't buy, you do it for the right reasons is my point. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. And I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I respect what you say because you're like me. I'm a numbers guy, math guy, finance guy. To me, the bottom line is the bottom line. But right. Don't buy timeshare as an investment to sell it or run it out. Okay. You do it to have the five-star amenities, spend more time with your family traveling the world. Okay. So one of the things that you mentioned and I've heard about is this exchange concept. Now, as I understand it, different organizations, Diamond, Marriott, Wyndham, have different exchange places or whatever they're called. Where does Diamond have other places that I could go to? Diamond Going on Resorts. memory, I think it has to do with uh, an exchange company that they're in bed with is RCI. Oh, and you have access oh, I've heard of them. To, right. They're an exchange. They're company. huge. Yes, they are absolutely huge. And oh, can, so they're, can, an ex they're a separate exchange exactly, place. Exactly. Right. And, then, and then Diamond Resort subscribes to that exchange or, right. or whatever you call it. And there's it. an exchange fee to have access to their location. So does that mean that... Again, it's more freedom, more flexibility. So does that mean that a diamond resort, like if I have a, a polo tower thing, but I might be able to get a Wyndham property in, in Hawaii? Well, maybe not with Wyndham because they have their own exchange company, but you would, be, you would have a, a the, high the, number of other resorts worldwide. Was it RIC or RCI? RCI. RCI. Spelled just the way it sounds. <laughs> are we, on, are we sound, on the air? What are we going to start the show? I don't know, but this is going really well so far. Hey, let's get back to marriage, man. Let's, let's talk not, about it. Let's not. I actually want people to like you. Um, I'm, I'm just, not here to be liked, I'm working man. so I'm hard to get them to like you. I, I don't, I'm not here to be liked. Oh, sorry. So in, in Hawaii... So, so Hawaii is a place. Where else? I mean, Hawaii, Vegas. Where else can I get my stuff? Based on memory, Mexico. Diamond, as an example, the company I most recently worked for, right. they're on six of the seven continents, North America, South America, Asia, Africa, Australia, Europe. The one continent that I specifically remember that they do not have access to is Antarctica, but my uh, friends see, that's a real me, shame. Well, it is, but if you've seen one penguin... You've seen all of them. You have. You know what they say when you see one pair of breasts... You want to see them all. You know I've never said heard that? that, but I believe everything that you say. You know who said that? You just now. Ron, uh, no, not Ron. Who's the comedian from? Ron White? Yep. No. That's his joke. Wow. He needs to work on his I gave him a really good joke. I've been married for 20. <laughs> I like that joke. Do you mind joke. sharing it? Hey, so you I know what? Yeah, but I've, I've been married for 25 years. <sighs> not in a row. Come on. I don't appreciate you making goal. fun of people who are married. I really don't. <laughs> I think you need to show some so respect. Out of your mind. <laughs> Being um, single sucks. I want to be married and tied down. Okay, so uh, where can I use it? I've already said. When can I use it? So I can. So it's not locked into a particular week. You get uh, you get July, the first week of July. That's your week at the timeshare. There you go. Great point. 
that's old time timeshare right. when timeshare first came out but like a lot of things in life we've evolved and it's based on freedom and flexibility you'll hear me repeating myself but repetition is the mother of all learning i wish you'd just actually get to the point i said repetition <laughs> is the mother of all learning so i i guess what i don't understand repetition okay all right for God's sake. is the mother of all learning. hey here's an idea uh so i i put in my fifteen thousand dollars and i pay my two thousand my two hundred dollars a month and that two hundred dollars a month is based on my frequency of visits well it's based on how many points that you own well, now what does that mean well you're going to buy x number of points for x number of dollars and that's going to be consistent is that part of the down payment or is that no, part of the monthly no, fee? No, the fee. The okay. Fees. The yeah. monthly fee then is what determines your your fr frequency of visits. No, it depends. No, that's directly related to how many points that you own. Ah. You have I the see. freedom based on how you use I those see. points. So if you're gonna, I'm I got you. If you you can pay thirty percent less just by going Sunday through Sunday through Thursday. Yeah, you're gonna get popped. If you go like everyone Friday else, through, okay. Exactly. So I, if I'm doing my $200 a month and that's buying me X points, whatever that number is. And that those points depend upon the property I'm at. Yes. Right, one place I'll get more points the, for depends, 200. Well, you're going to pay more in Hawaii than say Pahrump. But I'm going to get, so I'm going to say $200 gets me, let me just give a number, 10 points. Let's just say that's the number I use. And now I, for my 200, my 10 points, I can use that and apply it to either the place that I bought the timeshare or I can apply it to the place in Hawaii or whatever. And then it's just a matter of how many points does that cost for that week right. at that time. But it's always based on a minimal point purchase. And I think the minimum back then, uh, 2,500 points is the minimum per year. Yes. But you can roll those over. Right. And then your maintenance fees on that would be extremely low because you have the bare bones minimum. I see. So, and, and can, do you have an idea how many points it takes for just a, a week vacation somewhere? Pre I mean, again, yeah. I, you know, I'm starting to like you because um, <laughs> you ask, you ask good questions uh -huh. and I know how smart people are based on the level of questions that I get. Oh, thank you. And surprisingly you ask very good questions. Well, it's even a blind squirrel finds a nut. <laughs> but what was the question again? Yeah, great. Uh, average, it was a good question. average points, like on oh, an average, as I said, you can get a week for as little, an entire week, seven days, six nights, as little as 3,000 points. Oh, and I'm buying 25,000, right, you right. said. So that'll give you eight plus So that gives me, yeah, right, right. Okay, all right, yeah. all right, all right. So how do you, you mentioned part of this as, you know, the, the kitchenette and all that stuff. How do you, how do timeshare folks compete against the, you know, the Airbnb, the VRBOs, the, you know, vacation rental by owners? What's the argument there against that, other than the ownership thing? Because Airbnb hadn't even been around when I but was- But it's now. Yeah. Oh, come on, Airbnb's been around for 10 years. Yeah, but I just now heard of it. I just picked up a, a real <laughs> cell phone the other day. My daughter's always saying, Dad, get Flip. a smartphone. Is Hello. <laughs> Am I the only one that goes home and makes a call from a rotary phone? You are. Okay. Right. I listen to music on Gramps. <laughs> yeah, I guess I need to get up to speed. Answer the question. Again. How do I, how do I, how do you guys compete? I know you're not oh, with Airbnb. Again. Airbnb and, and VB, VRBO. And the ownership thing, I hear what you're saying, but uh, if it's just, I can get a nice place with a kitchenette, I can get that with Airbnb and VRBO. And yeah, if you want to share that with X number of people. But again, but, but I'm sharing that with in, in a well, timeshare. That, that place isn't exclusive to me. There's other people going in there as right. well. Right. So that's not, that's, that's the same thing. So you're talking about what's the difference between Airbnb when you're on vacation as yeah. opposed to, well, yeah. it's consistent with a hotel or an RV. Yeah. You don't have pride of ownership. You don't have exclusivity, right? Now, what I, do you I mean by that, exclusivity? Well, I, I say that guardedly because about 5%, because you, I wanted to illustrate one of your points earlier that you said and probably forgot, but you said that. Um, <laughs> probably. And now I forgot. You're doing it's a contagious, man. Good yeah, it's a poor workman that blames his tools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forget. I forget. Trying to compare, again, a VRBO with this. You said oh, pride of ownership. Yeah, it's, it's But what's same. my pride of ownership? What Your do I own? pride of ownership has to do with, uh, I know one of the slogans is um, affordable vacation luxury living. There's a world of difference between... Well, I mean, you're going to be paying. It's the same idea if you get a hotel room. You're, you could you could spend more money and have a nicer hotel room, but at the end of the day, you don't own anything. You can't use it. You can't will it. You can't gift it. You can't sell it. You can't you can't do anything. So if it. I will this or gift it to somebody, like I give it to my kids, mm -hmm. they then are responsible for that maintenance fee. 
Absolutely. Right? I'm not an attorney, but yes. And and so But there you But they didn't pay the fifteen thousand dollars down. Exactly right. Basically. So now for them, that's a that's a pretty good deal, I would argue. It's a great deal. All they have to worry about are the fees. maintenance fee. Right. Right. Okay, good. Um and then the parents' grandparents' legacy continues to it's something that you want to leave in your will, you want to put it in your trust because your legacy lives long after you're gone. And do you know anything about how to get out of this? Let's say I just can't do it. I've lost my job. My wife has divorced me. She's taken half of my stuff, which I hear is unusual. It is very rare. But, heard but let's say it happened. Um, I just can't swing. I can't afford it. W what does somebody do? Well, it's a fair question. It's a common question. Can I sell my timeshare? How to get rid of my timeshare? And, yep. you know, the best thing I could say about that is, you know, I, I guess I'm really... I'm really good at maybe finding a lady. How do you keep a lady? I don't know anything about that. Same way here. I don't have any idea. I don't know. Okay. So um, what happens if I just stop paying the maintenance fee? Legally, I'll ask you. I mean, again, I'm not an attorney, but what if you stop paying your HOA fees on your house? What right. happens? So what they do is they put a lien on my house. Well, and again, I'm not an attorney, but you're a smart man. You can figure that I out. I do know what they do. They put a lien on your house. Yeah. And what happens is when you go to sell it, they then they gather the money that you owe them. But that's not analogous to a timeshare because you already own it. So what happens if I say, fuck it, I'm not paying you $200 a month? Again, I'm not an attorney, and I'm not qualified to answer. It's an interesting question, though, don't you think? Well, I yeah, I say it's that's a bit happy. Super interesting that's question. <laughs> it's a really good question. <laughs> now, uh, you, when you were in this business, were kind of a hot thing, huh? Now you can just tell me the truth. I've never said How that. How the fuck you say? It's, no, absolutely I got to tell you a true story, everybody. This has been fascinating. So Pritchard goes off and, and runs away to the circus and becomes a timeshare guy. And I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> this is interesting. He's, he's a timeshare guy. And uh, he wasn't there for, I don't know, two months or whatever. And as he comes, he sees me, he goes, hey, look at this. Show him your watch. Bam. Go a little higher. Thanks for there interesting it is. me. Okay. So I'm like, geez, Scott, that's pretty nice. What's, what's the story on that? Contest, a uh, little sales contest. How long have you been with the company at that point? A uh, few select months. I was fortunate. <laughs> but I surrounded myself around top-level people. Yeah, and, you're, and you are, I will, give, I will say this about Scott. Uh, among the many things that I like about him is that you pay attention. You, I call it listening like a thief. <laughs> right? You're always listening to see how shit works. He used to walk around with a notepad, a big, you know, he had these binders and would just take copious notes. I thought it was the neatest thing. Um, and so you were listening like a thief. You'd been there for a couple of months and then they had this contest, whoever could sell the most timeshares in two months, I think it was, right? Two months? Yeah, it was a two month contest. Yeah. yeah. And uh, now the funny thing about this is I later learned that my next door neighbor, who is the number one sales manager in the world, for Diamond Resorts, he did $44 million of business, uh, was competing against Scott. And Scott beat him. <laughs> and then well, my friend, my next one neighbor, is like, who the fuck is Scott Richard? <laughs> who is this guy? How did this happen? He I'm was one of the reasons why I was fortunate. And again, very humble, very blessed, all right? But I was inspired. I'm a very competitive person. And mm. second place for this two-month contest was <laughs> not steak knives. It was nothing. <laughs> well, I thought it was but steak knives. first place was a $15,000 Rolex. But I had taken my copious notes from countless high-level people like your next-door neighbor. Yeah. And I listened, I retained, and I implemented some of the things that they said. And what I learned from, again, I've, I said to you before, that success leaves clues. Yeah. And the harder I work, the luckier I am. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, um, it was nice. I mean, for a guy who doesn't even wear a watch, doesn't care about a watch, right. I wear this Rolex All the time. Everywhere. I was going to say, you're wearing it now. That was a couple of years ago. Um, and then in June... You, you retired. How does that work? It works because they were as surprised as you are right now. It's like, if, why would you quit a winner? Why would you quit on top? I was fortunate the first quarter of last year to be the number one closer. And, and that's attributed to the fact that my manager, Reg Buck, a legend, Billy Jean Buck, a legend, uh, Dave Whitty, a legend. I surrounded myself with the best of the best of the best. Yeah. And so, you know, success is a team sport. It yeah. really is. And so I retired simply because I've been fortunate. I've made good money. Right. I love my life. 
And you can always replace your money, but you can never replace your, your time. time. Yeah. And when I left, they were surprised. And other companies have been recruiting me on a regular basis. Are you still getting recruited now? Absolutely. Yeah. I was just in Cabo being recruited. And really? it's flattering. Yeah. And I, th I told you off air that last summer, my daughter, who's 15, told me, in July, she said, this has been the best summer of my life. And I said, why do you say that, knowing that it's because I took her to Disney a couple of times? But she said, I've gotten to see you every day. That's nice. That, yeah. to me, is priceless. To me, if I was thinking about going back, it's like, you know what? I, but also, I think retiring 17 years early, the concern is, gosh, I want to be around for another 30 plus years. Right. Am I going to, I don't want to outlive my money. Yeah. And I feel like based on value and not overpaying for tickets on an airplane. <laughs> that uh, even, I think, I, I know I'm fine. Yeah, um, I can I go back tomorrow. I can always go back, right. but I'm grateful for the experience. So now, you know, we've talked about the timeshare. I think we've covered a lot about that. I'm actually kind of interested in, in just the business that you were in uh, with the timeshare. What were your hours? Great question. I mean, I can tell you that you have to be there at 745 in the morning Boom. for the meeting. Yeah. And if you were 30 seconds late, you don't get a tour. You don't get out on the floor that day. But mm. oftentimes. And how many people are on the floor any given day? On average, about 31. You mm. know, what's interesting of the 31. I've had countless people ask me, hey, ladies have asked me, hey, is it a business for women? Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Any and all businesses are for women. Never been a better time, ladies, to be a woman than right here, right now in this country. But of the 31 people on the floor, I noticed two, one, two. Why? Female. My opinion, it's not scientifically proven, but I have a strong opinion. I think it's because beautiful women, I mean, because to be successful in this business, you have to be a professional failure. And beautiful women mm. have never heard no. Mm. Me, I've heard no 12 times today. Hey, can I buy you a drink? No. no. Would you like to dance? No. no. Would you like to get married? Hell no. <laughs> Guys like you and me were successful because it goes in this ear and out the other. The good news is it only takes one yes out of 12, 13, 14, 15 no's. So I have even yeah, but, more but the, respect. But the close rate is pretty high. I know I, Joey was saying he's at 33%, basically. And that's outstanding because yeah. in training years ago when I went, they said if you close one out of 10, you keep your job. If you uh -huh. close two out of 10, you are going to make six figures. If you're closing three, four, five out of 10, you're making three to 500,000 a year and yeah. people are making more than that. When yeah. I left, I had a certificate, nice, First quarter last year, 49% close. Wow. And so people are saying, why Holy crap. would you walk away on yeah. top? And it's like... But you're there at, four, at 7.45 in the morning. 7.45 and you oftentimes, leave. It's, it depends. Some days it's one, more huh. times than not. And other days it's five or six. If really? you get out twice and you have two deals, I mean, they sign up for a 55-minute presentation. Right. But you're talking about you're meeting a complete stranger who doesn't know you, doesn't like you, doesn't trust you. Yeah. And your job is to... And they're not there to buy anything. In fact, they stayed up husband and wife team stayed up on YouTube looking at how to survive a timeshare presentation. Yeah. The company is bribing you to come in three to $500 in gifts. Yeah. And you worked with people who had already bought timeshares. I forget what they're called. Uh, repeats in -house. or in-house. In That's right. Yeah, exactly um, right. And so, and you're working weekends. Yes. Have to work weekends. I would well, think you, well, you get two days off, but it's not it's Saturday, a, Sunday. What I love about it is it's a 100% commission job that's right so if you see your check and you're upset guess who you have to blame you you exactly so now here's the other thing because it is 100 percent commission based if you want to work which i was doing i remember the vp of the company came into me i was a workaholic i was committed to the cause working six seven days Where are you? he called me in and said hey dude you you need to take some time i said well isn't that for me to decide he mm. said well, i'm telling we're concerned that you're going to get burned out again right that's something for me to decide so you so you actually get to decide what your what your time is i mean your days working at you diamond you, yes but at wyndham you they really prefer that you take your two days off at least when i w was there yeah. and and well, were you able to say were you able to take a weekend off saturday sunday yeah fuck it i'm going to take a day off it or depends two days off. like in, in the time like if you want to go see a game or a movie in or the time a good question in the timeshare business january is when it slows down so that's the time a lot of times mm. people will just take off you want to take off when it's slow yeah you don't want to be taking off the last quarter of the year when it's busy and it's crazy and a lot of times you ask on weekends holidays again new year's eve everyone's in town super bowl weekend you can't think about calling in in fact they want you to come in and work extra because you have a lot of tours you have a lot of people success numbers game yeah and you don't miss it 
Do you miss when sales, Cabo, closing? You know, you know, because there's something, there's something pretty you. fun about when you, closing. When it's a great when your skill set meets your passion, and you're so into it. I remember when I first started, I was so hungry, going seven days a week. And Jim Proust, my manager, said, "Scotty P, you need to slow down." I said, "Why would I slow down?" He says, "Talk to me in five years. Yeah, take 600 tours. It's emotionally draining. I bet. And but it's so rewarding, changing lives, helping people." You're basically, they're taking more time with their families. What's the average time to close? In other words, it's a half, it's a 55-minute talk. It's a 55-minute presentation. But nobody That's is 55 minutes. Well, again, and they'll tell you, I mean, listen, I, I tell you, they'd say, listen, we're on vacation. Right. We signed up for 55 minutes. We yeah. get our gifts in 55 minutes. I'm going golfing. Yeah. And I would always say, well, listen, I really don't want to be here. Can I do, if I do this in 35 minutes? That's a fantastic okay response. And they say, yes. So at the 35-minute mark, I would make sure that they would really be in the deal. And it's six hours later, and you write a $30,000 deal. But again, <laughs> That's it's a win-win. That's a fantastic win -win. response. It's a win-win. So you always want to be agreeable. You, you have to emotionally connect. <laughs> you know, I can't tell you how many married people. Because I'm thinking, hey, man, I'm a single guy. I'm going to learn from these married folks. Husband, wife. Hey, you've been married for 30 years. I hope to find what you have. What's the key? Not one time in the history of the world has someone said something other than, Happy life, happy right. life. Right. Or yes, dear. Yeah. It's like, or she's the boss. It's like, wow, glad I'm single. <laughs> Scotty Pritchard, everybody. He's going to be doing uh, marriage counseling a little bit later, as I understand. Is that right? It works for me, my friend. It works for me. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going to go into that fantastic of all things. You've been fantastic, by the way, you crazy kid. Let's have a drink on Scotty. It's time for Have a Drink on Me. It's part of the show where I show you a picture of a pub or a speakeasy or a lounge or just a dive bar. And you send in your guesses. And Scotty goes, where do I send my guesses to? I'm like, that's a good question. You send them to Have a Drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com and Have a Drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com. Now, how do I win? How do I even get an entry? Good question. Let me tell you. There's five ways to get your name in the magical hat. The first way is just to send in a correct email to have a drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com. We'll put your name in the hat. Hey, if you submit an entry and you're in the live chat at the same time, I'll put another name in the hat for you. Wait a minute. If you send a video or photo entry, I'll put your name in the hat again. Wait a minute. If you're the first correct entry, I'll put your name in the hat again. And if you do an intro video to the whole show, your name's in the hat. That gives you five opportunities to get your name in the, the hat. It's pretty groovy. Um, that's how Pops, for example, has won seven times because he's in the chat, he does a video thing, and he's, he's, he's got this thing figured out. Now, what can you win? Well, it's called Have a Drink of Me. So uh, I'll buy you a drink. If you're in Vegas, whether you're a local or a tourist, I'll take you out to a nice place. We'll knock back a couple of drinks or so. Uh, maybe you want uh, some music. You're musically inclined, and I like that about you. You have a lovely singing voice. You like the Christmas music? Of course you do. Christmas acoustic, a Christmas acoustic too. It's your buddy Scott who's on those records. 55,000 CDs sold. Or you like your jazz? Of course you do. Gajazathon. The song that you hear at the very end of the show, it's from Gajazathon. The song is called Gin and Tonic. Or you're a sartorial guy. You want to look groovy. You put on one of these bad boys. The Vegas Video Network visor comes in black like my heart or red like the blood inside of it. Now, here's the best part about that hat. You get the hat. You win. Congratulations. You put the hat on your noggin. You take a photo. And you send that photo to me. I take a look at that photo and go, my God, that's a handsome man or a beautiful woman. And I take it and I put it somewhere. Where do you put it? I put it into a magical place. A magical place? What kind of magical place? I put you inside of the galaxy of God. There's Sam and Ozzy Depp and Cracker and Bill and Mr. Testy and Steve and Michael and Robert and Bill and Ben. There is our good friend Rosie and Scott and Michael and then there's Binky and Bud and then there's Alan and Aaron who are nudist and Bob and Bob's wife. There's Danny, but wait, there's more. There's Shan, not Chan, and Craig and Glenn. Jimmy 2G and Rob and Glenn and 
Stuart and Christina, whose all babies are because of my music. And then there's Dawn. And then there's Jackie and Mike. Look out! And Pops and Sandy and Carol. And then there's a dog and Chris Phillips, whose corpse is probably in my backyard. And then there's Brett, your good buddy Scott. And Wayne and Lots forget our good friend Brett. There we go. All right. What? The late, great, the Brett great, Grant. Brett Grant. What a great guy. Man. He's a good man. I man. miss him. I do too. Okay, let's see what we got here. Let's look at last week's Have a Drink Upon Ma. Do, 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 do. Here it is. And the hints were Margaritaville, Margaritaville, Margaritaville. Congratulations for those of you who guessed it correctly, 14 out of 14. And uh, let's start putting these numbers in here. Okay, our number one entry is Ozzy Deb. One for the correct answer. Ozzy Deb gets one for being the first correct answer. And she gets another one because she's in the live chat. She is in Australia watching us live. What? And folded. Oh, yeah, Ozzy Deb again. Very good. This is uh, Scott's first job doing, you know, labor. He's been retired since June. He's not used to being told now to I do stuff. I remember why I'm retired. <laughs> Next up, we've got uh, Binky, and then we've got uh, Floyd Mora, and then we've got Dale, Blackjack Bolin. I see Blackjack Bolin in there. I don't remember if I did or not. No. I've got uh, Michael Chamberlain. I've got Mike Beatty. I've got James Wardlin. I've got Tom Yu. I've got Mike B from Chicago. I've got Paul Condor 954. He's in there. Condor 954. Paul Condor? Just Condor 954 will do. We got the Mad Chipmunk hanging in there. Mad Chipmunk's in the live Mad chat. Mad, Mad Chipmunk. Chipmunk. How about those apples? You're right, in the live chat, they're like, Deb's always number one. She's in Australia, and yet she's always the first one in. Why? Because it's tomorrow. Interesting. It's 12 hours ahead of time. I was so in she Thailand, already sees same this thing. Stuff. I'm Boom. in Thailand. It's 14 hours ahead. Bam. I'm that's watching how Major League Baseball at 1 in the morning. That's like, how it Don't works. you have anything else to do in Thailand? Well, yes, but I've got action on the Yankees. Easy now. <laughs> You're still doing uh, sports betting, huh? Every day, yeah. Uh, Samuel Jackson. And Samuel sent an email. And Samuel writes, <clears throat> Hey, Scott. Hi. Uh, guy. Hey, Scott. Whitney. Hey, man, I missed being in the live chat last night. Clicked on the YouTube thing about 9.30 p.m. And you up popped the whole show. Damn, I pissed it. I missed it. 7 p.m. is a challenge for me because dinner time is here and I cook. Sheesh. I can't believe I missed it. Maybe it's because you took a break over the blah, blah, blah. Okay. My wife and I had a wonderful Christmas in Las Vegas visiting the kids and grandparents. Grandson. My daughter drove us to 1420 Ro Robindale Christmas Eve. It's a super decorated house. Nice. It's known as The House on Yelp. Christmas decorations. That's nice. I like it already. Here's the answer to you had on Margaritaville, Las Vegas. You were right about it being easy. Sometimes you got to let these people take it easy on themselves. At a glance, I recognized the picture and your clues cracked me up. This email would have been sent sooner to try and win and be the first answer, but I didn't want to screw up Ozzy Deb's streak. Cheers and Happy New Year, Sam Jackson, Sam the Wrench, who happens to be in the live chat right this moment. So Sam gets one for there, and Sam the Wrench is in there. Unamors Tamos. And then, finally, oh, I do have a video that I didn't load. Sorry about that. Let's get that bad boy real quick. La, 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 la. There it is. And we've got Pops. Pops, take it away, mi amigo. Hey, kids. I'm in kind of a hurry this week, and that's going to be a problem, because when I try to edit this video, I'm going to be blind from looking at that bright light right there. But this week's correct had an answer is Margaritaville. I believe it's actually Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, and I believe it may be at the Flamingo, but don't hold me on that. I don't have a bad thing to say about the place. I've kind of swept through there, but it was kind of blurry. Anyhow, if I win this week, I'm going to change this up here to say eight-time winner, but Scott, throw it back in there and redraw again. Give the prize to somebody else. We'd like to have some more people wearing these visors and putting their picture up here in the galaxy of gods. See you next time. Thank you, Pops. Pops gets one for the correct answer. Pops gets one for being in the live chat. 
And Pops gets one more for that video summary. Also, off the record here, Pops, uh, Pops wrote a, a long email along with this, and I just want to say, uh, I feel you. I know what you're going through when it comes to the elder care issue, and I, I, uh, I hope it works out for you. Okay. Here we go. Exciting, You'll be man. picking the winner. Nice, nice. A lot of pressure. I feel like it is. I'm used to it. Luckily, it's not picking a wife. <laughs> Come on, that's comedy gold right that's there. That's not bad. 25 Pretty years in a row. Not in a row. Come on, Pretty everybody. You've always made me laugh. Hit me. Who's our winner? I cannot read your writing. I think it's Micus Beatty. Let me see. I think it's Mike Beatty. Let's see. Mike Beatty, it is a winner. Congratulations, Mike. You have won yourself a drink on your buddy Scott or a musical CD or a really groovy visor. Okay, let's take a look at this week's Have a Drink Upon Moi. And here are your clues. Clue number one. It could have been named after a free email application made by the same folks who make Firefox. This is for the nerds out there. <laughs> could have been named after a free email application made by the same folks who make Firefox. If you get it by that, by the way, extra points because I knew this because I'm a nerd. Hit number two. Could have been named after the bum wine that helped Ernest Gallo launch his empire. Could have been named after the, quote, bum wine that helped Ernest Gallo launch his empire. Parenthetically, I didn't know the Gallows created this stuff. And hit number three, it was probably named after the 1948 Las Vegas casino that used to be where the Drew will be built now. It's probably named after the 1984 Las Vegas casino that used to be where the Drew is going to be built now. If you know the answer, you're going to send that guest to have a drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com. Have a drink at VegasVideoNetwork.com. All right. A couple quick things before we close up here. I had the opportunity. Who remembers the show um, That's Incredible? Do you remember this? You're a pretty young guy. You probably I don't, don't do TV, that. but I do remember the show. This was back in the yeah. 70s, yeah, yeah. 80s, probably. Long time ago. Well, one of the guys there was a guy named John Davidson, and he was in town. And he was doing this really interesting cabaret thing, an evening of cabaret with John Davidson. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it was for AFAN, um, and it was at uh, Penn Gillette's house. And uh, we're like, this sounds fascinating. So we paid our $100 and we went and saw John Davidson. A couple things happened. First, we walk in there and uh, you're like, John Davidson. So I see him right there. The guy's got gorgeous, beautiful gray hair. I'm like, John Davidson, how are you? He doesn't know me from Boo. I'm like, you, you've got the best hair in all of Hollywood. He's like, well, thank you very much for supporting us. No, 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 really. I want to know what your secret is. Get the fuck away from me, man. All right. So dig off. Um, and we're ready to hang out, have some fun, have some drinks. Nope. No drinks. Water. I would have loved it. Yeah, I know you would have. A party with no drinks? No drinks. I'm like, come on. Really? Please. Give a brother a drink. So... John Davidson gets up there. So to remind you what he looks like, this is what John Davidson looks like today. So older fella. Uh, but I will tell you what. He had it going on. Unbelievable. So they have this little corner of the room set up for John, and, and he starts to play and starts to sing. The problem was, while the little bass drum sound effect was working in the PA, you couldn't hear the guitar, and the vocals weren't working. Really? Yeah. So that went on for about a song or two, and eventually the people paying $100 a piece were like, hey, we can't hear you. <laughs> and John's like, what? Really? <laughs> so the poor sound guy, fuck, he's out running around trying to make this happen, and Davidson handled it like a pro, just was super sweet, kind of made fun a little bit of the sound guy, kind of told stories, very cabaret-like. It was great. It took him five songs to figure out the sound problem. I just felt so bad for the guy. He's got his little iPad trying to adjust <laughs> his little walk. And uh, is it working now, Dave? Uh, no, sir. Fuck. <laughs> I got to do it. And I was with a guy who's a musician, and we're both like, man, <laughs> this is brutal. And I got Kelly Clinton behind me going, tell him to check the mic. I'm like, I raised my hand. 
<laughs> so Davidson goes, yeah. I said, uh, this woman back here wants you to check the mic. <laughs> That's great. She's like, what are you doing, man? I said, I'm not going to tell him to check the mic. This is not a mic issue. This is a PA issue, yeah. man. Anyways, it was charming. Super charming. I had Penn Gillette sitting, you know, right next to me over there. Super interesting guy. So have you ever met him? I have not. You know, he's he's From a Penn and Teller. Yeah, yeah. He's huge. Huge, but very quiet. Is that right? He's an introvert. Very quiet. So I met him, obviously, and I basically came up to him and said, Hey, thank you for sharing your home and, and same thing. Thank you for joining us. Super oh, quiet, kind really of you know, kind of a uh, older voice thing. And he was sitting off in the corner while John Davidson was playing. And uh, occasionally, John Davidson would look over at Penn to see if he was, you know, if the jokes were landing and that kind of shit. And, and then Penn would kind of get loud and do kind of things. And Penn said a couple of things while the sound problem was going. It was interesting because at the end of it, these, this other couple I was with, the guy who's a musician, said he thought it was charming dealing with all this crap. And I said, I would have preferred it if he, because he was also forgetting lyrics and he was forgetting chords. So like in one song, he was playing along and he's got the voice of an angel. It's unbelievable wow. how strong this guy's voice is. I, I was like, what, what's happening here? This guy can sing like a bird. Great lows, great highs, really impressive. But he was forgetting chords occasionally. He's forgetting lyrics. Like wow. in one song, he was playing and you could tell he was struggling with the chords. So he just stopped playing and kept singing acapella. Which, a little bit of charm, but eh, I could tell that he was struggling. Um, but this guy who I'm with was like, I, I really thought it was charming. I thought it was nice that he was able to kind of work when I'm like, nope, <laughs> no way. I said, here's the problem with that. Yeah. I, I get the charming part, but it was crushing him. Yeah, yeah. So what I would have preferred is him just singing and telling stories because he's great at both and just have a guitar player in the back. I like it. Just have that go on. One less and, thing to worry about. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I really like the charming part. I said, well, here's the problem with it. When he got done, he walked off this corner and the first thing he did was kind of duck his head and apologize to the guy who was organizing it. And I felt really bad because it was entertaining. It was good. Yeah, yeah. But you could tell he was feeling really down by, you know, being 77 years old and doing that kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really, it was cool, but I felt bad for the guy. And I also want to do a shout out to a friend of ours, uh, Tanya Ferens, who organized this thing called the um, Bringing Happy Back Experience. And it was basically an anti suicide campaign that she's been doing for a year. A year ago, her father, or maybe more than a year ago, her father committed suicide. And she said, I'm going to create this show in a year's time, or I'm going to bring all these different musicians from Las Vegas, and we're going to stream to a whole bunch of places, and we're going to basically try to lift people up. And she did it. She ended up doing the show at the Smith Center at Cabaret Jazz. Um, we were the, the video live stream folks. Uh, ended up looking good and sounding good, and and uh, we were in. I think it was. Did I write this down? Yeah, 29 states, 100 country or cities. Um, and if you want to see it, the replay is available, and I'd recommend it, and not just for the the nice message of you know don't kill yourself, but there are some pretty good performers there. <laughs> Actually, there's a there's a couple three performers who I'm like, holy shit, these guys are good. One of which I'd never heard of before who blew my socks away. So you can go to LivestreamLV.com forward slash live, LivestreamLV.com forward slash live, and then select the bringing happy back option and it'll take you to that page. And that's it, okay? Uh, you wanna say anything before we go? I would like to say that I'm a big fan of the network, Thank a big you. fan of you. Thank I love you. you like a brother. Thank Keep you. doing what you're doing, Thank it's you, working. Thank you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, Scotty Pritchard. Thank you all for playing along. A couple ways that you can reach out to us if you want to. First of all, you can go to onairq at livinginlv.com. Onairq at livinginlv.com. Send that email to us. You can leave us a voicemail if you want and go to our website, and you'll see a little orange tab on the right-hand side. If you click that orange tab, a little box will pop up, and you'll click Start Recording. And because you have a microphone attached to your computer, guess what? You can leave us a voicemail. Other ways, we're on all the social media, the Facebook, the Instagram, 
Instagram, the Twitter. We're on iTunes. And if you are watching or listening to us on iTunes, hey, give us a five-star review. We're also on the, the YouTube or our YouTube partner. If you like us there, give us a thumbs up and share us. We're also on Roku, 79,000 accounts installed. We're on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Chromecast, Apple, Google Fire TV, Google Play, and, of course, the Vegas Video Network. Thanks again to Scott Pritchard for coming in here and killing it for us. It's always a pleasure to be hanging out with this guy. Uh, I miss you, and I'm glad to see that you're uh, retired, you piece of shit. Continue. Good luck to you, buddy. I would like to be retired. I really dislike you. All right, we'll see you guys next time on the Vegas Video Network's Living in Las Vegas podcast. Take care.